Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Paradigm Podcast, a show where we try to teach you to expect the unexpected with every episode. Uh, I'm Michael Sherman, and today I want to talk a little bit about judgment. When you draw unfair conclusions about someone, and uh, so often we write them off as A, B, or C based on a brief experience. You know, like a jerk. I'm kidding. It's something that we all struggle with. I think it's a human nature, really, to try and figure someone out as soon as they walk in the door. Specifically today, though, I want to talk about what happens when we go past that and we really try and get to know someone. When I'm talking to someone and trying to find out about them, so often I come across something unexpected or something about their lives that I never would have guessed. And that's exactly what happened recently when I interviewed some cafeteria workers. One woman's past was particularly shocking, and her journey to where she is today is pretty inspirational. I initially went in with the idea of interviewing Judy, a late-night cafeteria worker. She's been working there for three years after answering an ad in the paper. She's known for her catchphrase. Welcome to Gate Night. Hi, how are you? Welcome to Gate Night. And her sense of humor is still as sharp as ever. Like, like, like what gets Judy out of bed in the morning, you know? That's the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's exactly what it is. Otherwise, I'd probably sleep later, but maybe right. you better not put that in there. As we spoke, another employee came over named Kim and started sharing her story. She's been working at the CAF for about two years after wanting a change of pace from her job at Undo's. As a Steubenville native, Kim grew up in a close-knit community. We were a type of family. My mom and dad was the type of person where the whole neighborhood came to our house. They kicked, they cooked big, big uh, dinners, and we were allowed to bring all our friends over. And when it was time for dinner time, my dad would holler out, "Emma, it's time to eat," and we'll bring a whole trail of people. That's how my mom and dad was. They had big cookouts for us, and we were allowed to bring everybody. All my cousins and everybody always ended up at our house. You know, and we shared everything we had, our toys, our everything. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it was okay. You know, that's the kind of family I had. Kim also grew up curious and was always looking for more. You know what I'm saying? So when I got older, I was that always that curious kid. I always watched my peers around me right. and what they do, what they talk, or their music, or whatever, and couldn't wait to do that. They always told us, kids, this time is grown-up time. Y'all go upstairs and go to bed, okay? But me, I'm, I'm that curious kid that sat on the steps and watched and listened right. to my peers. So. As she got older, she associated fun with what her parents did. Have parties, have a few beers, you know, adult time. Well, for one, because, like I said, it was part of... Um, growing up, teenagers, drinking, uh, your atmosphere, just small little things like a cookout, and there's music, and there's beer in the cooler, and it's in the 
grown people around you look like they're having fun and they got their Miller highlight. And you're like, man, I can't wait to have me a Miller highlight. I can't wait till I get old enough to do that. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's an attraction, the commercials with the cold, cool beer coming out and the cross coming down to it. It's, it's all of that in the bag of chips. It's her drinking progressed into her teenage years and became more and more accepted as her peers around her started to pick up the habit as well. But after a while, just alcohol wasn't enough. Her curiosity crept up again, and she got swept up into drug abuse. What I found out was um, you do graduate from one drug to another. Uh-huh. And in the beginning, it's fun. Right. You know, teenage, you're having fun, you're going to parties, you're going to graduations, and that's where you get introduced. There's always someone there that's going to introduce you to Here, something else. Yeah. yeah, try this, try it that. It won't hurt you. You know, try it. and one thing leads to another. What I found out, one is too many of anything, and mm -hmm. a thousand is never enough. I ended up being on crack cocaine. Mm. Uh-huh. And that was the worst drug ever, uh -huh. ever. It tricks you because you, in the beginning, you do have fun, mm -hmm. you know, but I never dreamed that I was an addict. Kim has a particularly interesting perspective on where drugs affected her the most. She believed that the drugs she was taking were most detrimental to her spirituality rather than her physical body. Mm -hmm. You know, it takes you out of your character, it bankrupts you, spiritually bankrupts you, mentally, emotionally drains you. It actually wants you dead. You know what I'm saying? You become uh -huh. self-centered. Right. You don't care about anything. You know, it robs you from being the person that you are like, for me, like a mother. Uh-huh. How would I ever put my son on the back burner for that? And uh -huh. I did. I left him with my parents because I had to go chase the drugs. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? You know, and that's not me. I'm truly a people person, and I, I'm a family-oriented type of person. Mm -hmm. And all of that went out the window. So you were raised differently is what you're saying? Very. Before long, she found herself stealing to feed her habit. And then before you know it, you'd be doing things way out of your character, out of your belief. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going going in the stores taking stuff or you're stealing from your family you know or your grandparents that really needs it because now you got to feed your body it's all about surviving now mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying right as the years of her struggle dragged on she was in and out of rehab trying to gain a foothold and get better it was a brick wall mm -hmm. right there I, I went down the steps and sat there i sat on this on the on the ball, and I just start crying out to God, like down like this, crying so hard I barely can breathe. Right. And I was talking to him in my mind, just telling me, please, please take this back to God. I'm sorry, please help me. The only person can help me is you. You would not believe it. Out of nowhere, it was like somebody touched me like this, and they were like, oh, "Ma'am, are you okay?" And I looked up, and there was all these crosses dangling in my face. It was the nuns, the sisters. The nuns heard her crying and came to see if they could help. They just, like, they dropped out the freaking sky. I, I could not believe it. 
And they were like, and I was like, yeah. I was like, this is the time I might as well tell the truth. I told them, I said, yes, I need some help. I've been right over there in that crack house for a few days. I'm scared to go home. I know my parents is looking for me. They might have already called the cops. And they don't know if I'm dead or alive. And I'm tired of this. I've been doing drugs and I'm sick of it. And I'm scared to walk home. And they was like, well, we'll take you home. And they came in and blessed the house, the walls, and all that, blessed me. I never had to use again after that. Mm -hmm. Because God knew who I was. He knew, he made me. And he knew I needed something tangible. Whether if it was like that or not, it was real for me. Mm -hmm. And how where them nuns come from, I don't know. But they were there. Her recovery has been a journey since then. But that event is what sparked her taking the steps to outpatient help, Narcotics Anonymous, and even sponsoring others who need the help to get clean. Above all, she believes the reason for her happiness is gratitude and faith in God. Just all the blessings that God has given me. Uh -huh. He has truly blessed me with not just material things, but in, inside me. I, I'm happy, joyous, and free today. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I could truly be me. He allowed me to go to school. He allowed me to accomplish what I couldn't accomplish being on drugs. I actually graduated from culinary school that I've been wanting to do. I never could do that because I couldn't put the drugs down. Kim has learned from her past and applies her upbeat attitude and sense of purpose to everything she does, including her job as a campus chef. As long as I stay positive and feel positive around you, my world is going to be okay. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm up here for a reason. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think God's going to be here too. Yeah, and it's not explainable. You know what I'm saying? I can feel it though. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's the thing. And it's a good feeling. It's not a bad feeling. It's right. a good feeling. Thanks for listening. I know there's thousands of things you could be listening to, so I appreciate you taking the time. Hopefully you enjoyed Kim's story of conversion and recovery as much as I did. Just remember that even the people we sometimes overlook can have amazing stories that can make our day a little bit brighter. Special thanks to Free Music Archive and everyone who helped me put this together. I'm Michael Sherman, and this has been Paradigm Podcast. <laughs>